Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make it. Hey, Table Fam, Pastor Doug here, excited to jump into God's Word with you. If you have the book of Acts open, you can swipe on over to chapter 2. We're going to be in the back half of chapter 2. A text I think is probably pretty familiar for you as we jump in. Remember, we've just been in this series over the last three weeks looking at the book of Acts, trying to figure out. What in the world does the Bible say to us as believers and maybe as non-believers in the midst of quarantine? How do we possibly process through that? And I was thinking this week about a related question that I've been asking. And as we talk with many of our life group leaders and people who are on our serving teams and things like that, they tend to say they're struggling with this same question. Maybe you've been considering or struggling with this question too. It's this, how do I get through the day? How do I possibly sustain my life in the midst of quarantine? How do I get from day to day to day? How do I possibly do that? And if you're asking that question, I want you to know that the early church was asking this question as well. They were wrestling with it in the first century as Jesus died, was buried, rose again from the grave, ascended into heaven, gave everybody the great commission, said, go do ministry. Go love people. Go serve the poor and the marginalized and the orphans and the widows. Go take care of them. And they were going, okay, we're ready to go do this, but, but Jesus, how can I possibly be sustained in the midst of all of this burdensome labor that we have to do? It's all good labor. We're going into the heart of a really difficult ministry. We're happy to do that, but how, oh, how can we be sustained? And that's the question I want us to look at here today. And I'll give you the big reveal. Here is the main point. The reality of the Christian life is that big may start you, but small is what's going to sustain you. And I'll get to the answer of that in a little bit as we jump into the text. So let's read together Acts chapter 2. Luke writes, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Okay, stop. What are they listening to? Remember, Peter got up in front of all these people. There were all these people from all different parts of the world and God made These tongues, these languages float above their heads and then land on them. And people all of a sudden over uh, the span of a few minutes went from being able to speak English to speaking Portuguese. They went from being able to speak Spanish to speaking French. They went from being able to speak Chinese to speaking uh, some other language, right? Uh, Everybody immediately started speaking their own or this new language. But the miraculous thing that was happening is that Once they could speak that language, they were compelled to start proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus in this unique language to the extent that everybody else who was there in this kind of crowded marketplace kind of area started hearing the gospel in their own language. And they all were were, um, amazed by this. And Luke is picking up on that in verse 37. When they heard this, when they heard Peter preaching, when they heard him trying to give meaning to this thing they just experienced when they heard this. And by the way, Peter starts proclaiming the gospel here. We'll talk about that in a bit. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter, all of them, they had representative government. They were like, hey, let's send in our elected representatives to talk to Peter to have a powwow. Peter heard this and the rest of the apostles and they said, brothers, what shall we do? In other words, all these people who are hearing the gospel proclaimed said, okay, What's the call to action here? What are we supposed to do with this? 
Verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added to that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Okay, so let's just review the math here. There were 120 followers of Jesus. He ascends to heaven, gives them the great commission, says, go do ministry. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've taught you. Teach them how to practice these things. Go train them in the way of Jesus. So the 120 go out and they're kind of doing ministry. And then all of a sudden Pentecost happens. Everyone starts speaking in new languages, proclaiming the gospel. Peter gets up, gives meaning to it, encourages everybody. And about 3,000 people get added to their number on that moment. We, we learned that last week. Now, once 3,000 get added to their number, they go from 120 to 3,120. Immediately, they start doing some things. And it says at the very end here, day by day, more were being added to their number. We're all very aware of exponential growth right now because we're watching the coronavirus stuff. This was exponential growth. It went from 120 to 3,120 to who knows how many just like that. I mean, just like overnight, this movement of followers of Jesus just exploded. And again, as it was getting so big, as it was growing so rapidly, as there were so many life groups being started, um, everyone was asking like, this is all really great. There's a lot of ministry to do. There are a lot of needs to meet. There's a lot of way we can love each other and care for one another. But man, how do we get sustained in the midst of this? And so I want to get towards asking that or answering that question, but I want to make these two observations first. First thing I want you to notice, number one, notice that Peter doesn't ration his with. We talked about this last week. Don't ration your with. What do I mean by that? If you're someone who is in Jesus, if you're someone who's following Jesus, then you are someone who is with God. You are someone who is filled with hope. And so no matter what you're going through in this coronavirus thing, or no matter what you go through for the remainder of your life, you're going through it as someone who is with hope. And with is always better than without. And so there's a lot of people who are going through coronavirus and other things, but they are without hope. They are without God. They are without Jesus. You are someone who is with God, with hope, with Jesus. And the challenge from last week was to make sure you don't ration your with. You don't, sh- you don't hoard your with like it's toilet paper. You give it freely. You tell everybody about the hope you have in Jesus so that they can be with Jesus, so that they can have a way to um, be sustained in the midst of this craziness. Uh, Peter didn't ration his with. When he had his opportunity, he uh, shot his shot. He did not throw away his shot, to quote Hamilton. He 
told everybody, I am with Jesus and Jesus is taking care of me. Everyone looks at him, all these 3,000 people, and they say, what are we supposed to do with this? And he says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the boldness on Peter at that moment? Now, just to put this in perspective, Peter is not like this guy who went to a four-year college and then went to grad school and then went and got a PhD and comes out super sophisticated and, you know, wears really nice um, European custom-tailored suits with bow ties and has regal spectacles and drinks the, the Cuban coffee, you know, looking really dapper all the time. All of his Instagram posts is uh, perfectly curated. He's got tons of followers. This is not Peter. Peter is a fisherman. That would be... That would be to some extent kind of like a, um, a very blue collar job today. I'm not saying anything bad about blue collar. I have lots of family who do blue collar stuff. I've done blue collar jobs. That's fine. But I'm saying in the social caste system, Peter is, uh, he's towards the bottom. He's not a sophisticated gentleman. He's not the person who walks in the room and everybody goes, that guy is cool. Peter kind of stumbled over himself. This is the apostle who denies Jesus three times after Jesus calls his shot. Peter's like, no, I'll never deny you. And then three times later, he denies him, right? This is a guy who's a bumbling, stumbling, hot mess of a human being, okay? And when his shot comes, Peter doesn't withhold it. He doesn't hold back. When people say, we're cut to the heart, what do we do? Peter says, Repent, be baptized, believe in Jesus, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't know where you guys are today, whatever digital spaces you're traveling in, but these are crazy times. These are times of turmoil. And let me just tell you something. Anytime we go through seasons of turmoil, human beings, when they go through seasons of turmoil, it shakes us. And it puts us in position where we're asking the bigger questions. And if you've got friends who are reaching out to you and you're building a relationship with them, and if they ask you, hey, what should I be doing in this time? And you know that Jesus is the way because you are with him. You are with hope. I want to just encourage you, don't ration your with. Share Jesus liberally with everyone you know. Give him away. You can't give him enough away to all of your friends. Tell people, hey, have you considered believing in Jesus? Have you considered absolute truth and turning your life towards this? Um, I tell this story a couple times. You may have heard this, but in my previous church, I remember uh, I was sitting in my office one day and the, the front desk lady called and said, hey, there's a person here who has some questions. And so I said, okay. So the guy walks in and sits down and looks at me and goes, you know, I'm just going through some hard times and I don't know, man. I just think I need to give my life to Christ and believe in him. Is there like some form prayer I could pray right now? And I was like, yes, there is. And he's like, yeah, is there like maybe, I don't know, this book of the Bible that particularly tells me how I can know that I have faith in Jesus and that he's saving me? I was like, yes, there is. And I sat down and I led him to Christ. What was going on there? It was a moment. He was cut to the heart. He was saying, what do I do in the midst of all this turmoil? And I had a choice. I could either be like, Wow, sounds like you've got some important things going on here. Hope you have a good day and pushed him out the door. Or I could have said, uh, which is what I did. I said, hey, let me tell you how to believe in Jesus. And I, I prayed a prayer with him and led him to pray a prayer. And he got saved and his life got radically transformed. He got married. He has kids now. He is uh, stable in life. He is following Jesus. He is, he is doing ministry in his career uh, that he has in sales. He's, he is living a great life. He texts me from time to time, just says, hey man, thanks for leading me to Christ and discipling me. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. 
what's the point here? Hey, if you've got Jesus and if someone's asking, proclaim Jesus boldly and liberally to everyone that you know. That's the first thing. Peter doesn't ration us with, neither should we. But this is the most important thing. It's the big idea. Notice that big may start you, but small is what's going to sustain you. How can we be sustained in crazy times? How can we be sustained in life trying to follow Jesus when there's so many opportunities for ministry around us? Remember, big may start us in following Jesus like it did here. 3,000 were added to their number that day. Big may start you in following Jesus, but small is going to sustain you in following Jesus. Big gatherings can get you going, can help you understand who Jesus is, but it's small gatherings. It's smaller groups of friends that are going to sustain you in this life. The way we can be sustained if we have Jesus is to regularly gather with a small trusted group of friends where we can find a sense of belonging and where we can be honest with one another. Notice what the, the, the new Christians did in this situation immediately, almost immediately, they started gathering in small homes. And they did four things, okay? They, uh, sorry, that was not supposed to be on the screen. I'm doing this from home. Give me some production, uh, uh, Grace, here. Um, they met in, uh, in smaller venues, and they did four things. They broke bread together. They ate. They were sustained by food. They prayed together. They were sustained in prayer. They discussed the truth of who Jesus is in the Bible. They were sustained in the word and they just fellowship together. They were sustained by their belonging. They were sustained by their friendship. Guys, in crazy times, in good times, in all times, if we're going to follow Jesus and be faithful to the end, if we're just going to make it day by day, it's not just a luxury that we have a small group of trusted friends. It is a necessity that we have a small group of friends, that we find people who will regularly speak into our lives, speak the truth of Jesus into our lives, who will regularly, when we're hungry, just bring us food for no good reason, for no bad reason, that people will pray with us uh, and that people will just be there to spend quality time with us. I know when I'm having a bad week in the office or I'm having a bad week at uh, home, if I tell my wife or if I tell my friends, man, I'm just having a a rough week. Most of my friends who really know me, know me well enough to know Doug's having a bad day. There's about three things we can bring him. We can, Natalie can make me some chocolate chip cookies, which she made last night. Shout out to Natalie. Uh, My friends can bring me a cup of hot tea. They know what kind of hot tea I like, or they can say, let's go get pizza. And any of those three things, if they say, let's go do that, I'm like, I am in. Why? Because pizza and hot tea and chocolate chip cookies sustain me. But it's less about the food and it's more about the fellowship and the food. I don't just want a plate of hot cookies. I want a plate of cookies that my wife makes me that we can enjoy together. I want a cup of hot tea that one of my friends brings me that we can drink together. I want to sit down in a pizza restaurant. Oh my goodness. Can I just say this? how I long to sit in a restaurant someday and eat pizza with some friends because I want the fellowship and the food. Both of those things sustain me. But what kicks it up a notch is if they'll pray for me before we eat our meal. Hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? Yes. Pray for me for X. Can I pray for you for Y? Yes. Just pray together. And then what sustains me even more is as we're eating the pizza at a restaurant and they've prayed for me and we're fellowshipping, if we could discuss items of truth, what's God saying to you? Well, here's what God's saying to me. Hey, could you speak into my life? Could you speak prophetically into my life? Just help me understand God's will. I want to speak prophetically into your life to try to help you understand God's will. Food, fellowship, prayer, 
and discussion around the truth of who Jesus is, that's what sustained the early church in smaller gatherings. Big can launch you into that, but small is going to sustain you into that. And so what do I do with this? What's the call to action? Maybe you're cut to the heart and you're going, what do I do with all of this? Here's the two things. Number one, I would say you've got to believe in truth. Okay. I don't want to assume if you're watching this stream somewhere on YouTube live or wherever, I don't, I don't want to assume that you believe in Jesus. Listen, you're going to hear a lot of people that will tell you the way to get through this is to just believe. And they, they would be absolutely incorrect because that's only halfway there. No one can just believe. You can't believe on your own. You can't just believe at will. You've got to believe in truth. Belief requires truth on the other side. You can only believe in something or you can only believe in someone. And so if you're trying to make it from day to day and you don't have a with, you're not with hope, you're not with God, can I just encourage you and challenge you to consider believing in Jesus, to believe that Jesus is the God of the universe, that he created all of this, that he's sovereign even over coronavirus, and that he wants to have a relationship with you today, that he wants to do some what we call creepy Jesus stuff, meaning magical, mystical, Holy Spirit-led stuff where he sustains you and, and provides for you in ways that you could not even ask or imagine, and you wouldn't believe me if I told you right now. But here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. And even in the midst of coronavirus, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to sustain you. And eventually Jesus, after believing in him, wants to bring you a whole bunch of friends to be a part of your community. And so the first thing you can do is believe in Jesus. And if you don't know how to believe in Jesus, let me just tell you a simple prayer that you can pray right now uh, to believe in Jesus. And here it is. Jesus, I need you whatever that means. And so I'm asking you to come into my life and do some Holy Spirit kind of things to transform me into the kind of person who, who uh, loves like you do. So whatever you do to save me, I'm asking you to do that right now. Amen. And if you're someone who can pray that prayer right now or who prays that prayer later, man, can I just say this? Uh, I, would I would love to actually talk with you and, and I don't want to make this really weird or call you out, but here's a way you can uh, maybe follow up with us. We have a comment section in YouTube Live. You can go in there and comment right now if you're watching it live. Or there's a, there's a link in there to a Zoom call afterwards. Would love to hang out with you afterwards. Or if you're maybe watching this uh, a few weeks later, a few weeks from now, or maybe next week, or maybe a few days later, um, listen, there, we have an Instagram, at the table Orlando. Slide into the DMs. It's the only time I'll ever tell you to slide into DMs. But slide into the DMs and just tell us, hey, I prayed the prayer to believe in Jesus for the first time. I'd love to talk with someone about what in the world this means and what it looks like to follow Jesus. And someone on our team would love to follow up with you and maybe even get you in contact with me. I'd love to talk to you because I'm always wondering what in the world it means to follow Jesus. So maybe we can do that together someday. So if you believed in Jesus or you want to believe in Jesus, you have questions about believing in Jesus, someone from our team, including me, would love to talk with you about that. That's the first thing you can do. Second thing you can do is you can belong. Believe and belong. That's how we get through things. We can belong to a group. We have plenty of ways for you to get involved and to try to find a group of friends who may become best friends for you. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just become really good friends. Maybe they'll become acquaintances. I can't guarantee anything. 
But you know what? We have ways for you to connect with some other people. And so again, in the comments section, if you're watching live or maybe in the Zoom call afterwards, or maybe again, you wanna just get on Instagram, uh, you, you wanna say, hey, I have some questions about this. Or if you know you wanna jump into something, you can text groups, G-R-O-U-P-S, groups to 40777. And someone will follow up with you and try to get you connected with all the options of life groups we have. We have tons of life groups, tons of smaller groups of people that meet in Zoom calls and meet in WhatsApp chats and try to connect with one another digitally. We'd love to get you involved in one of those. Not so that you can get in there and check something off like I went to another thing this week, but so that you can find the belonging that will sustain you in life. People who will eat pizza with you and pray for you and discuss truth with you and just fellowship with you every day for the rest of your season in Orlando or for the rest of your life. Who knows what Jesus might do as you jump into a small group. Guys, I want to encourage you um, in the midst of all of this. Uh, I recognize it's a really interesting, unique time. But listen, I'm convinced more than ever that the two things that you really need uh, to make it through day by day is Jesus Christ and a group of friends who are following Jesus Christ. Okay, so listen, whatever you got to do at the very end of this to take the next step towards trying to figure out life, I wanna encourage you towards that. I wanna challenge you towards that because hey, we got nothing else better to do other than work and go to sleep and watch Netflix and Hulu a a billion times. So hey, who knows what God might do here? He might actually change your life and he might actually change your life by bringing you the kind of friends you never thought you could have. He did that for me. He's done that for a ton of people. I am deeply suspicious he might do that for you. Big might launch you into following Jesus, but small is going to sustain you day by day as you follow Jesus.